podcast is brought to you by the good people over at Gamefly. With over 9,000 titles for the PS4, PS3, Xbox One, Xbox 360, Nintendo Switch, Wii, and other consoles, there's no better time for gamers to make the most of their systems by using Gamefly to play all the new and classic games for as little as 32 cents a day. To start your 30-day free trial, head on over to cinemageekly.com slash Gamefly or click the support us link in the show notes for this episode. You're listening to a podcast from the Cinema Geekly Podcast Network. We're the geeks you deserve and the ones you need right now. Hey, we are canceling the apocalypse! I sometimes feel as if I'm invisible. I never felt that way when I lived at the lake house. It's the one place I felt most like my true self. I bought a house on the lake. It's beautiful. Dear new tenant, welcome to your new home. I'm sure you'll love living here as much as I did. What do you mean you lived here? Since no one has lived in this house for years. For argument's sake, what day is it there? April 14th, 2004. Oh. No, it's April 14th, 2006. It's the same day, two years apart. Can this be happening? From Warner Brothers Pictures. This house is about connection. Comes a love. How's your sunset? Mine's beautiful. I only wish you were here to share it with me. Without limits. Even though this is clearly impossible, it's amazing. And a place that reaches across time. I miss the lake house and its trees. Thank you, Alex. Keanu Reeves. She was more real to me than anything I've ever known. Sandra Bullock. It's kind of a long-distance relationship. Pick a place. I'll be there. I promise. How? It's not meant to be. No, don't say that. Something must have happened. One man I can never meet. Him, I would like to give my whole heart to. The Lake House. It's time for another podcast from Parts Unknown, A Strange Journey Through the Depths of Netflix. It's Anthony Lewis and Glenn Bovey, and we're back to talk another random Netflix movie. This time, the 2006 uh, romantic sci-fi movie? Glenn, would you say that is accurate? Yeah, uh, sure. I mean, I mean, Time Traveler's Wife's a sci-fi movie. Yeah, this Why involves this, one be? this involves time traveling letters. Uh it stars Keanu Reeves, Sandra Bullock, Christopher Plummer, The Lake House. Uh so these two went from speed to this. Uh a downgrade, uh I believe as Speed was a much better movie, Glenn. I think. Uh, yes, much much better. Uh so this movie is about uh, Kate Forrester, played by Sandra Bullock, and Alex Weiler, played by Keanu Reeves. And both of them are live at this lake house, which we would later find out uh, was a lake house designed by 
uh, Keanu Reeves' father, Christopher Plummer, uh, he, I guess, designed this. Uh, they were both living in it uh, two years apart from one another, yet somehow their letters appear in each other's mailboxes. Uh, and they are sort of pen palling through time. And as a result, uh, of course, as, as happens, uh, they fall in love with one another. And uh, through various attempts, they try to sync up and meet with one another. Uh, but it never seems to really work out. Uh, so Keanu Reeves decides to find uh, two years in the past Sandra Bullock and try to light the spark there, which he kind of does. Uh, it's unclear to me if she remembers it in the future. Does she remember meeting him in the past? Uh, she does. Yep. Okay. Um, but somehow they didn't stay together, uh, even though they clearly had a, a, a chemistry thing. Uh, they This didn't last or whatever. And Well, I mean, they got caught making out by her. By both of by, by both of their significant others. No, he's not. He is never. He is not with that girl. She is definitely pursuing him. Oh, but they're not like a couple. Right? Yeah, he is never. Yeah, yeah. My mistake. He only has eyes for Sandra Bullock. Um, so eventually, so that lady just like drops off like a oh yeah hat. Like she as soon as it happens, we don't see her at all. Yeah, she's never mentioned again. Well, she's probably like, well, so much for that relationship, and then yeah. tries tries something else. Uh, and it is revealed eventually that uh, Keanu Reeves tried to visit her on Valentine's Day in her time, uh, but is ran over by a bus. And Sandra Bullock held him in her arms as he died, but she didn't even recognize him because. A time travel y stuff. She didn't know him yet or something. Uh, yeah, yeah. He didn't change the timeline enough for that. Yeah, but eventually she realizes this and goes back essentially and sends him stuff that uh, changes his mind and alters the timeline, and they do end up together at the end of the movie. Uh, this is a very strange concept, apparently taken from a South Korean movie that mm -hmm. was made six years earlier that I presume uh, I can only presume was done better than this, but the whole I'm concept sure was the whole concept is very bizarre. What, what do you make of the concept of the lake house? And then talk about the movie in general. Uh, for me, like the concept kind of like I thought followed through pretty well. Like I thought the, like the time paradoxes were well all the way up until she didn't realize it was him that got hit by that truck, even though it was like a very dramatic experience that happened to her. Yeah. Um, like I thought the moment that he would have kissed her is I'm, I can't believe, I mean, I know why they didn't cause the plot didn't allow it to happen. Yeah. Uh, but like, Oh shit. Like, Oh my God, you did my arms two years from now. Yeah. That's why you never made it to dinner with me. Like yeah. when he started doing that kind of stuff, when he had met her in the past, like that was where I was, I don't know why that didn't click for her. Mm -hmm. timeline wise that was that was really the only thing that bothered me yeah um i'm also curious how much gas she spent uh driving out to that lake house on a very regular basis Constantly. to send him letters yeah uh <laughs> was you know I, I think that would have been a fun little fact to figure out what kind of what the gas receipts would have been yeah um 
because she can I don't think she would have gotten a tax relief on it because it wouldn't have been for work related. <laughs> no, it would not have. She just drove <laughs> out to that fucking lake house a lot. <laughs> yeah. Um, and forgot seen this movie once before. I just remember it being incredibly stupid. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought it was a little less stupid, but man, it was just boring. Like that was my thing. Is man, this isn't like Keanu actually finally starts like when he starts showing up in her life. Mm-hmm. Like it's just boring. I mean, really boring. Yeah, there's not a lot of excitement in this. Um, the, uh, I don't know. I think the, uh, at times, I think there are times, there are times where I actually enjoyed this movie. I thought there was stuff that was sweet. I thought there was stuff that was sad. Uh, I mean, the dinner date that they have where he walks around town, architecture, that was pretty good. That was like, very sweet. Yes. Yeah. There's some stuff that they do that I enjoyed, but I just mean like all the way up until that point where it's just like them living their life and just sending each other letters. Like I was just kind of like, Oh, I mean, okay. What didn't work is, uh, to me, the thing that didn't work was the, them reading the letters back and forth to each other in a voiceover booth. Uh, Mm -hmm. like that sounded like no effort was made here, uh, to, to act any of these lines or emotions or feelings out. Um, they read them like they were just words on a paper. Uh, you know, uh, do you have any kids? Oh yes, I have many kids and I am happily married. Uh, you know, they're like joking with each other, but, um, they don't give like an inflection in their voice. No, there's like nothing when they're reading the, when, when we are hearing their conversations back and forth. Which is funny that you say that. Mm Mm-hmm. Because when they read the letter, when they're reading the letters, like they're like they're definitely acting and giving emotion to yeah. like what they're saying. But when you see what they write in response, yeah, you're right. And they do something that works to a slightly better degree later, where they're not even reading the letters; like they're acting out their conversation in different times and spaces, and we see them in the same screen at the same time, and they're literally conversing with each other. But it's the letters that we're essentially hearing because we know they're not physically talking, but it's, you know, one of those movie things where they're, uh, it's like they're talking to one another. Uh, yeah, that worked to a slightly better degree, but they, it felt like they were performing there, but all of the voiceover stuff where we just heard them having a conversation, it sounded like very little effort was done. Like maybe six months after this movie was made, they're like, uh, let's, let's record some more dialogue for this. And, you know, Keanu Reeves had already way moved on from this project and did not give a shit anymore. Uh, and it felt like that's the level of effort that was put into this. Like if you, if you heard, uh, Keanu Reeves here and then you heard him as Duke Kaboom, uh, you can, you know, the, the difference <laughs> of, in, in motivation here, he, both times he was in a booth with a microphone. Uh, one time it felt like he was very motivated the other time less, less so, uh, that stuff didn't really work. Well, I think he's also like trying to play the guy. It's like he's emotionally even keeled. He's never oh, been yes, affected yes, yes. this way. I mean, they yes. do say that. Yeah. Um, my biggest problem with the movie was uh, when Keanu, she goes. Keanu Reeves uh, aesthetic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my biggest problem was was at the end when she goes to the architecture firm to 
you know, and then she sees the picture and she realizes it's him. Yeah. I am really, really upset that they didn't give his brother something in that moment of like, Oh my God, you're real. He, my brother wasn't like, instead of just like, Oh yeah, my brother died. Mm -hmm. You know, like, uh, that was the only thing I thought that was a really weird moment to seems, not miss for movies. Yeah. He seemed logic. Very yeah. He seemed very detached from that moment. Yeah. It's like, Oh yeah. My brother died. Oh, I'm sorry. You knew him. It's like, bitch, why are you saying that's your fucking brother who died? Yeah. Like, this is, she should be saying sorry to you. Quiet. This is more about me. The person yeah, he loved it, through time. Yes. Yeah. That's I mean. I wish they would have given her brother something of like him catching on in that moment. Mm hmm. Yeah. Um, no, because then uh, it would have actually mattered that his character was in the movie. Okay, so we have a magic mailbox. <laughs> yes, we do. Somehow has and a dog, a magic dog that yes, knows all. This is what I was. This is what I was going to lead to. I needed to talk about the dog. Uh, so there's this magic mailbox. Presumably has some sort of weird singularity in it that when you mm -hmm. put mail into it, it travels back and forth in in a two year time. Well, span. just specifically for them. Uh, yes, and apparently you can also see when they are flipping up and down the 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 mail flag on the mailbox, but nothing else on the mailbox appears to move in any way. Uh, just that, because I guess there needs to be an indicator that you have mail. Well, the the dimensional rift is very small. Oh, so. it's very angularly shaped to encompass yeah. the inside of the mailbox and also the flag on the outside, but nothing else. Yeah. Uh, it is a very bizarre... Uh, it is hey, a man, very physics, bizarre. man. It's yeah. crazy. Quantum it's a, mechanics. <laughs> it's yes, it's a very bizarre flexure in in space time. Uh <laughs> and then we have the magic dog. Speaking of which, it is not Boomers. Boomers is not the magic dog. Um Jack, right, is the name of the dog. Some sort of magic dog that also hangs around this lake house and is in both Sandra Bullock and Keanu Reeves lives. And seems to know when to show up and when to just go away. Uh, like when the time is right, it's like, I have done my job. Like the dog seems to be like the wise janitor or whatever. Uh, like he knows when to show up to, to have an impact on their life. And my job is done. Uh, I shall see thee later. And then just exits. Uh, is Jack with her when she gets back with Morgan Price? I don't remember. Because I feel I like he's so. in her apartment, but I don't notice the dog. After the dog leaves Counter Reeves, I feel like we don't really see it again until the end when they're together. Yeah. I mean, he, I and think. I'm, kinda, and I'm, I'm a little confused because, like, her boyfriend's met the. Yeah. 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 Because he makes, he makes a point to. He found out that the dog's name is Jack. Yeah. So why would the timeline for him figure something out that, like, uh, that kiss wasn't so innocent. Something like mm -hmm. I felt like he would have been able to put some pieces together. Yeah, that is weird. Um, so I, on top, let, let's talk about aesthetic. I already joked about Keanu Reeves' aesthetic, which, uh, what a what a thing he's going for in this movie. He's uh, constantly in turtlenecks. Uh, he's got <laughs> hair just long enough in the back that it kind of goes over the turtleneck. A, just a teensy bit. Uh, he drives a truck that I'm pretty sure is from the 60s. Yeah, like a 60s Ford. Yes. Like, I, guess I think it's Chevy. 
but he's an architect and makes very good money. Um, not as good money, not as much good money as he could. Yes, versus building uh, cookie cutter homes in the suburbs. Yes, but he didn't want to work for his dad because his dad was selling his soul. Yes, uh, <laughs> he's a he's a he's a poetic architect. And uh, he's a he's an art he's an artist as well as an architect in that regard, uh, which I guess explains the uh, the turtleneck and the uh, the retro truck, uh, very artistic and even keeled as you noted before, uh, a very leveled emotional person, uh, which Keanu Reeves often plays uh, that kind of uh, like leveled out. Except for when he's actually playing Keanu Reeves in a movie. <laughs> yes. Um, or John Wick, if you kill his puppy. Uh, then all that even keeledness, that, that goes away really quick. But, uh, yeah, that that aesthetic is, is a whole thing for me in this movie. And uh, better yet, the, the, the titular lake house. I hate this house, Glenn. This is a hideous home. Uh, it is on four sticks sticking out of the water. It is very small. I've, I've watched this movie once before. I thought the home was bigger somehow, but it looks very tiny. And I would say that it is. So I think he says it's under 600 square feet. Yeah, it's very small. Uh, would you say that to call it 90% windows would be accurate? I feel like there are less walls and just everything is glass. Panels. I just don't know how that fucking thing is insulated. No idea. Cause isn't there a tree coming through the bottom of it? Something like that. That leads to the, I mean, I thought that was a cool thing with it being over the lake and ha- the underneath part is like the. Yeah. Like, porch, but mm-hmm. it's a bizarre. It has like, like a little dock underneath. Yeah. This is one of those things that you'd see in like one of those, uh, uh, like documentary shows on HGTV or like on Netflix about like weird homes. Uh, why people saw this and they're like, Oh, I love it. Like I would love a house on a lake. But when I say that, I mean, you know, like lakefront property or something, perhaps not a literal home on a literal lake, but you know, whatever. Uh, I think they thought it looked uh, very modern and it's probably easy to film too. I'm sure very easy to film, but holy cow. I did not like the, like, I, I did not like the look of this house. This is not a place where I would feel comfortable <laughs> living, but um, so yeah, there, there were some well, aesthetic it's choices. Funny, Cause it's like, he wants to move to the lake house to get away from people, but man, people sure can look in there. Oh yeah, he wants to get away from people, and it's just a like a constant and peep show. Like yeah. He's like way out there in the country because you can still somewhat see the Chicago skyline. Yeah, so it's not like he's way out there in the sticks. You it's know, like Nicholas Cage's house, <laughs> so where people can see his car. Yeah, but I'm sure I'm sure his house is a little <laughs> bit more square footage, yeah. and it also has 100 percent more Nick Cage in it. Yeah, I mean, I want Nick Cage to live into live in a glass house, so like mm. that's beside the point um so they they note here that the house uh that they built for this movie was was built on location at maple lake forest preserve in the suburbs of chicago the house was actually built on dry land but then flooded to appear that it was on the lake 
Mm-hmm. After filming, the house was required to be removed and a simple fishing dock was put in its place. So, darn. If anybody ever wanted to go visit the lake house, there is nothing but a, uh, a no, fishing dock. can't do that when I go to Chicago now. No. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, even... Uh, I wish there was more Christopher Plummer. I think he's he's always... He's in, good. like, a scene and a half. Yeah, he's barely in this movie. Um, which is a shame, because I think he's always great. But... Uh, you know, I don't know how you get Christopher Plummer for a movie and then you only use him as sparingly as they did here, but uh I wish we got more of him. Uh he's always a he's always a good addition. Uh but yeah, there's kind of not much else to say. It's pretty paint by numbers romantic film. Uh although for some reason uh I was under the impression that this movie ended sad. Uh like she's unable to save him, but then of course predictably she does uh at the end, which she I guess a second is, chance to save him. Yeah, which I guess is good because I wasn't in the mood to watch a sad thing, so I guess I'm happy it ended. Well, happy, don't watch but... Time Traveler's Wife. Oh, I've seen Time Traveler's Wife as well. <laughs> it was also sad, uh, but yeah, I would say this is a not a good movie, but inoffensively <laughs> so. Would that be accurate? Yeah, sure. I'm yeah. An inoffensively bad film. It's something you think grandma would be into, but mm-hmm. grandma would be really confused as to what's going on. Oh, yeah, yeah. But at the end, she'd be like, well, that was a lovely movie. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that was sweet. That young man and that young lady got together. Yeah, yeah, that's that's it. Mm-hmm. Uh, this, by the way, uh, an award-winning film, Glenn. This the one, one a Saturn Award. This one, oh God, no, uh, no. Even the Saturn Awards were too too high a bar for this film. No, this won the Choice Lip Lock Award for the 2016 Choice Awards. So seeing Keanu Reeves kiss somebody got this in a got this. I'm award. really surprised that he got top billing for this. Yeah, because it's really more focused on Sandra Bullock. Well, it's like, just like that I felt like, I feel like she was the bigger star then. I mean, yeah, he did the matrix movies, but like after the matrix, like he didn't really have a hit, you know? Yeah. I mean, he was like a supporting character in the, I think this, I don't know if it's the same year, but like, uh, some, not something's got to give. Uh-huh. Yeah. Something's got to yeah, give with Jack Nicholson and, yep. Dan Keaton, yeah. Thank I mean, it would have been around the same time. So it's weird. I was just surprised that he got top billing because I feel like Sandra Bullock, especially in this time period, would have been the much bigger star. Uh, yeah, I agree. Um, much more bankable star. Mm-hmm. No, I uh, I agree entirely. I mean, so what did he do in 2000? So sexism ex- exists in Hollywood, so. After 2000? Um, well, I mean, The Matrix was what, 2000? The first Matrix is 99. 99. And I think, well, and then Revolu- well, Reload and Revolutions came out six months apart. I remember that because yeah. Reloaded came out in May of that year, and then Revolutions, well, or whatever the hell it's called, came out in November. Uh, between 1999 and The Lake House, Sandra Bullock was in Gunshy, 28 Days, Miss Congeniality, Murder by Numbers, the Divine Secrets of the Yaya Sisterhood, Two Weeks Notice, Crash, Loverboy, and Miss Congeniality 2, Armed and Fabulous. Yeah, so, I mean, those are some big rom-com movies. Mm-hmm. 
and a best picture winner. <laughs> uh, was that a the yeah, yeah, crash? Oh crash! Oh crash! Yeah. Pfft. Okay, uh, crash was okay, but yeah, I think we all decided that it was a mistake giving that movie best picture. Uh, so many other options. Uh, I don't know. Uh, where is what? What did Counter Reeves do between the Matrix and um? So between the Matrix and the Lake House, uh, he did. Uh, let me see here. Me and Will, The Replacements, The Watcher, The Gift, Sweet November, Hardball, The Matrix Reloaded. Uh, he lent his voice to the Animatrix, of course. The Matrix Revolution, or Revolutions, uh, Something's Gotta Give, Constantine, Thumbsucker, Ellie Parker, A Scanner Darkly, and, of course, then The Lake House. I can see probably why they gave him the top billing, I guess. Um, I mean, those Matrix movies were big box office winners. Um, so there is that. Uh, and something's got to give. Uh, received. But I mean, like, he wasn't. I mean, he's like the fourth lead. In oh, and that. Yeah. Something's got to give. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And a couple of those other ones you mentioned, he wasn't the lead in. No, he was not. Um, and then, like, Hardball was a, you know, somewhat, I guess, successful sports movie and. The replacement, you know, made some money and yeah, you know, I don't think, I don't, I think any of those particularly filled the zeitgeist. You know, miscongeniality was a thing. Yeah, I think there's definitely a case to be made for Sandra Bullock to be given top billing in this one, but oh, I just I feel like at that time, like she was would have been considered famous. Yes, yeah, but you know, he's also a quiet guy. You know, he wasn't dating a motorcycle mogul. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, well, not much else to say, Glenn. Would you recommend this movie? What would you give it? Uh, no, I mean, it's incredibly boring. <laughs> I mean, there's some neat ideas in it. I actually am kind of curious to watch the South Korean film because I feel like anything that I thought might have been clever in this was probably what they directly lifted upon in that. Yeah. Um, but uh, no, I mean, I mean, I guess, yeah, if you want to watch something with grandma... Uh, and you know it's a pretty safe bet that's going to have a happy ending. Um, although, I mean, if if you're going to watch a rom com with Sandra Bullock, I, I don't. I recommend Hope Floats. Yeah, I've personally seen that movie like eight times on an airplane mm-hmm. when I flew on as a kid. Uh, but no, no. Would you recommend it, Anthony? Uh, hmm, it's tough. I I think if you were like a diehard uh, romance film person, like if you love that sort of stuff. You'll probably enjoy this if you haven't seen it before. Um, and if you like a little bit of science fiction spliced in a little bit, you get a little bit uh, of that there too, which makes I would it say watch time towers wife, but that's what your goal is. I would also agree that if that's what your goal is, that is the much better solution. But if you've already watched that and you're just <laughs> bored, you know, this is, uh, I mean, I did almost fall asleep a couple of times watching it because there are moments where there's soothing music playing and there's no dialogue. The beginning is just so slow. And there's a, a yes, it goes very slowly. Uh, this is definitely a leisurely movie. I probably, in general, I would not recommend this. But if you really are like just dying for something to watch and you like rom like romantic movies, there there is something here for you. But uh, did this movie really make a lot of money? Um, you know, compared to what the budget is and that kind of stuff. 
Uh, budget was $40 million estimated, and the box office grand total was $115 million. Hmm. So it looks like it did good for itself, um, but not great. But it did well. Uh, wow, that budget is way too high. I mean, I'm sure it's just for those two acting it's fees. It's got to be, right? Because there's like nothing. There's like nothing fancy in this movie, so. Yeah, I mean, they built a house, but it's like 600 square feet. So I mean, it wasn't like <laughs> it's barely it yeah. that long. They built a tiny I guess house. The glass was expensive. Yeah, maybe uh, the flooding, paying to have it flooded to make it look like it was on a lake. Um, maybe you could do that. Uh, by the way, the uh, South Korean film, the title is South Korean for Time Transcending Love, and it sounds like uh, it is essentially the plot of. Uh, the lake house. It is a it is a home on a sea, and this lady is moving, and she leaves a Christmas card in the mailbox, asking the next resident to please forward her email or her email her mail to her. Uh, and it, yeah, it's kind of the same thing, uh, although uh, I don't want to read. Uh, I, actually, you know what? Hold on. Fuck. It sounds like it's the exact same movie. Uh, as I'm reading the, uh, is the, it a Christmas card that she leaves in the first movie? I don't know if it's a Christmas card. I know she does leave a note. Essentially, yeah, she just just. Said, I thought it was just like you know forward. Yeah. Uh, email that I get. Yeah, and uh, I mean I'm reading the end here, and it's like <laughs> he did receive her warning letter and was and never went to intervene that day and was never hit by the car. <laughs> I'm like, oh, holy shit! It's the literal same movie. Okay, um, maybe it was performed better. I know they certainly made it for less because the budget was two point five million U.S. Uh, for the South Korean version. So, uh, yeah, they certainly were able to make it for less, but they didn't have uh, Keanu Reeves and Sandra Bullock starring in it. So I suppose there is that. Um, Glenn, what would you give the Lake House? Uh, like, well, I think it's like Rotten Tomato scores like thirty four percent. Yeah. Um, I like, uh, I've really, it wasn't so much. It was just, it's really boring. I mean, that was my biggest thing. It's not so that it's not that it's just bad. It's just boring. Yeah. So like, I don't like a one seven five. Like it's just so boring. Yeah. I gave it a two. Like it's just below average, but you know, again, if you've got a lazy day and you just want to watch something that has some nice moments in it, uh, you, you could do worse. I don't know how much worse you could do, but you could do worse than the lake house. Uh, all right, Glenn, are you ready to find out the next thing we're going to watch? Yeah. Let's see if we can keep this, uh, six degrees going. This you know, Keanu- maybe we'll get a Sandra Bullock movie or Christopher Plummer movie. <laughs> this Kiana sounds okay. Uh, we're heading over to realgood.com. They have a Netflix roulette, uh, where we can, uh, just click a button and they will spin a wheel and give us a movie on Netflix. Hopefully the movie will, you know, actually be on Netflix. That'll be nice. Uh, as they gave us the matrix once and that was no longer on Netflix. In fact, I wasn't even sure how long it had been off Netflix for. So I don't know how updated uh, I got, I got it. got the Netflix queued up. So, okay. Uh, and as always, uh, we are not going to be doing any documentaries or comedy specials or animated shows or television shows, uh, just straight up movies. All right, here we go click the spin and we have a movie straight away 
hopefully this one is on Netflix. Actually, I think this one is on Netflix. I don't know if you even have to bother looking. Uh, so it is a, a 2013 biopic comedy movie starring Emma Thompson, Tom Hanks, and Paul Giamatti, Saving Mr. Banks, which I believe is the, uh, is that the Mary Poppins adaptation story? I yes. Believe. Author P.L. Traver, uh, Travers travels from London to Hollywood as Walt Disney Pictures adapts her novel, Mary Poppins, to the big screen. So I have not seen this before. Have you seen it? No, I haven't. Okay. And I'm almost positive this is actually on Netflix, which is weird because you'd think it would be like on Disney Plus and Disney Plus alone, but I'm positive this is on Netflix. So it is. I'm looking at it. Okay. So, yes, that is what we're going to watch next time. I don't think. There, I mean, I'm sure we could probably find some six degrees of separation, I'm sure, between Sandra Bullock and Keanu Reeves with this movie. Uh, I don't think that would be very hard, but uh, neither of them are directly involved in the Well, movies. I mean, Christopher Plummer was in The Sound of Music with <laughs> Julie Andrews. Yes. Who's Mary Poppins. That's <laughs> what Emily that Blunt thinks. Does that count? Does that count as a six degrees of separation? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think it'll, I think it counts. Um, I'm sure there's gotta be a way to connect like Tom Hanks and Keanu Reeves. There's gotta be. So, uh, I don't think thinking. they've ever been in a movie together. No, but I mean to like a six degrees. I mean, Emma Thompson and Keanu Reeves have been in a movie together. I know that. Ah, we'll see. There we go. There's our connection right away. There's our six degrees of Is there uh, an, um, much ado about nothing. Oh, is that the, um, uh, crap i don't think i've seen that okay never mind i was it's trying to the kenneth Branagh one from the 90s the kenneth Branagh one yeah i was thinking of the uh Keanu reeves is the bad guy more or less yeah i was thinking i was thinking of the uh the one that uh oh god what's his name the guy oh, who, joss whedon no the one that joss no. whedon did in his spare time in between avengers movies or yeah whatever. no it's not that one um okay i should i should check that out though i like the the joss whedon one so Maybe I'll watch that Emma Thompson counter. Do you recommend it? Have you seen it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like, you know, it's a, it's a classically done oh, traditional. Just like the Whedon one then. Yeah. It's not like a, like where Whedon has it oh, he did. in modern he, times. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, but it's performed. Yeah. Yeah. This one is, you know, Kenneth Branagh directed it, you mm-hmm. know, back when he was like the hot guy on stage. So, yeah. And I think him and Emma Thompson were married at the time. So, yeah, it's, I mean, yeah, it's good. Okay, well, uh, we've got our movie set for next time. So, in the meantime, head on over to cinemageekly.com, where you can check out the archives of the show. And, of course, you can uh, find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify. uh, Tune in, just search for Cinema Geekly. Hit subscribe, and that way you can come back next time, uh, where we will talk about the 2013 biopic comedy film Saving Mr. Banks.